I'm Gregory Berg. As most of the world knows by now, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87. I never had the opportunity to interview Justice Ginsburg, but if I had, it would have been probably the biggest thrill of my life. I did, however, have the special pleasure and delight of interviewing her personal trainer, a man by the name of Bryant Johnson. The occasion of our interview back in January of 2018 was the publication of a book which he wrote with the full cooperation of Justice Ginsburg, a book called The RBG Workout, in which Bryant Johnson explained in some detail uh, the workouts which he did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg over the course of many, many years. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and then, through some technical mishap, entirely my own fault, the interview was not properly saved. I so enjoyed the interview and was so excited about sharing it uh, with the audience that I actually had the audacity to call up Bryant Johnson to explain what I had done and to see if there was any possibility that he would be willing to give me even just a few minutes of his time uh, in order to redo at least part of our conversation. He could not have been more gracious or more generous. And as a matter of fact, we ended up speaking longer in the redone interview than we did the first time around. And to this very day, I deeply appreciate his generosity and understanding. So in memory of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, an extraordinary woman, here is my interview with her trainer and good friend, Bryant Johnson. I hope you enjoy it. Well, it is not every day that I get to say these words. My guest on the morning show is the certified personal trainer of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But that indeed is the case. My guest is Bryant Johnson, and he works with Justice Ginsburg on a very regular basis and has done so since 1999. Uh, the two of them first became connected uh, after she uh, underwent uh, surgery for colorectal cancer. And uh, after a battery of chemotherapy and radiation, uh, it was uh, Justice Ginsburg's husband who said that uh, she should seek out a personal trainer to build back her strength. And uh, that personal trainer turned out to be uh, Bryant Johnson, uh, who has actually quite a number of federal court justices, judges, attorneys, and clerks, and, and so on, uh, as, as, uh, as clients. He has recently put together a book with the blessing of Justice Ginsburg called The RBG Workout, in which we are taken through uh, the workouts which he does with the uh, Supreme Court Justice on a regular basis, uh, with certain suggestions on how one might do these uh, very exercises uh, at home, and especially if you don't have certain uh, exercise equipment, ways in which the, the exercises in effect can still be done, and, uh, and lots of other wonderful little bits of information uh, along the way. It's a great little book published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, again called The RBG Workout, and of course RBG uh, refers to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Brian Johnson, we welcome you to The Morning Show. 
Thank you so much, Greg, for having me. I really appreciate it, and thank you for your listeners also. I think I neglected to say in the introduction that uh, you are actually yourself a court clerk, and that is one of the reasons why it was uh, so easy for you to connect with uh, with Justice Ginsburg and other uh, people in the uh, in the Justice Department. And we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that relationship in just a moment. I wonder if you could say a word about where you come from originally and— uh, uh, some of the people who have been important in your life, and maybe along the way as you're talking about uh, your early life, maybe you can also make mention of your high school graduating class from 1982 from Rappahannock High School, uh, because you make special mention of that in your acknowledgments as being one of the factors that really shaped who you are. Well, first of all, Greg, I I'm a records manager here at the United States District Court, and I was born in New Jersey, but I was raised in a little town called Warsaw, Virginia. I raised with my grandmother, grandfather, and uh, several aunts and uncles who lived nearby. So I was raised by a village. I talk about Rappahannock High School because it really wasn't until maybe three or four class reunions, actually two class reunions ago, I was talking, you know, to members of my class, and I was telling them how I am so appreciative to have gone to a public school in the country. And the reason why I use that is because in the country, your options are very limited. Unless your family is filthy, filthy rich, and you can send your child to a very private school someplace else, everyone is going to that same public school in the country. And by going to that same public school in the country, you're exposed to many different varieties of people. Well, it wasn't until I made that statement at the class reunion that one of my classmates told me that we were the first, one of the first K through 12 integrated classes in Richmond County, Virginia. And I was like, no way, you have proof of that. So he sent me a link, sent me an email, and it was. But what was fascinating to me was is that I had no idea. My entire time going through school, we weren't treated any differently. You know, the, the, if the teacher didn't like us, just didn't like us. If you did good, you did good. If you did bad, you did bad. There was no sign of any type of favoritism. And as a result of that, and then joining the military, which is the probably the greatest melting pot of all time, you are around so many different types of people and different cultures and different races. And now in the military, I'm also now an equal opportunity advisor. And that job requires me to talk to soldiers who feel that they've been discriminated against because of race, religion, color, gender, national origin, and sexual preference. So all of this has come around full circle so that I am able to train and work with anybody from any walk of life. And so training Justice Ginsburg just kind of completed the circle, I guess you could say. Mm. Uh, explain uh, exactly how and when, under what circumstances, uh, physical training became so important, first of all, for you, for your own body. Well, always in the country growing up, and at the time that I, I was growing up, you know, you always played outside. You, 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 it was never too hot, never too cold. You, matter of fact, you stayed outside just so you didn't have to do chores in the house. Um, played basketball, high school, ran track. Uh, it wasn't until I really joined the military. When I joined the military, and then, of course, I was in a special forces unit, and we were also jumping out of airplanes and helicopters and hitting the ground and bouncing. And so at that moment, I realized, well, if I'm going to put my body through this, I need to make sure that my body is in the best possible shape I can do. And 
and also helped that one of my aunts had this fantastic pound cake that I was my weakness. And so I figured if I'm going to eat the way that I want to eat, I need to make sure that I work out so that I can eat what I want when I want. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, uh, it occurs to me that uh, when you are uh, leading the training of someone like uh, Justice Ginsburg or, or other uh, judges and attorneys and so on, you probably by and large are working with people whose professional lives are at least largely spent uh, in very sedentary fashion behind desks or at tables, but uh, uh, you are not a personal trainer for ditch diggers and uh, telephone uh, pole climbers and so on. I mean, you are working with people who, in a sense, probably really have an acute need uh, for what you offer them. Yes, I agree with you. But if you really think about it, uh, modern technology has really made it worse for us because many things that we used to do, even if you look at something as simple as a TV, I grew up, I remember we had three, four channels, maybe five. Now we have 340 channels. You've got a remote control. You're looking for the remote more so than just getting up and turning the channel. Simple chores that we used to do that we have to get up and move and do, you can do just sitting down and just clicking this, clicking that, and you can do everything without even moving. So as great as technology has become, it also has become our, our crutch. But on the flip side, technology has also made it so that you can now monitor your exercise. You can put on something like a, a Fitbit, for example, and let you know how many steps. You'd be like, you know what, I need to start doing more steps. So it, it's, it's six and one and a half a dozen and the other, but for the question here, yes, we are a lot of the judges, a lot of the staff at the court, we do a lot of sitting all day. And so to engage them, to get them up, moving around is definitely one of the most important things that I think I, I play in their lives. What was it like to uh, have this opportunity cross your path, to work with somebody of the stature of, of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I mean, how intimidating was that? And for instance, your very first meeting, what did that feel like? The very first meeting, it, it was, I guess the nerves were only just getting to the Supreme Court, making sure that I was at the right location. Once I met the justice, I quickly went from in awe of the person to personal trainer and how can I help this person help herself? That is, that is really quickly it. I respect all of the clients that I have. I respect the title. I respect who they are. But that has nothing to do with the personal training and the reason why they called me. They called me to try to help them to help themselves. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what position you hold. A plank, a crunch, a squat, a push-up, doesn't matter who you are. And so my job is to try to help them to help themselves and get past the awe of who they are. They know who they are. I respect who they are, but still treat them like a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm speaking with Bryant Johnson, the uh, certified personal trainer of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And we are talking about his new book called The RBG Workout, uh, which he wrote with her blessing. As a matter of fact, there was a foreword written by Justice Ginsburg herself. At one point, you say the justice, meaning Justice uh, Ginsburg, is a cyborg. 
She is a machine. (laughs) What exactly do you mean by that? And uh, to what extent is that a help? And to what extent is that maybe uh, a a risk factor when it comes to uh, her physical regimen? When I go cyborg, I, I'm actually really referring to the movie Terminator, where Arnold Schwarzenegger was this cyborg that just kept coming, you know, kept coming, kept coming. Whatever you put it up against, it kept coming. And when I say this with Justice Ginsburg, her tenacity, her commitment to excellence, her commitment to doing her job, her commitment to her health now, when she, she can have an hour of sleep, but she will still show up. When we are scheduled to train, it's very rare that she will cancel. Matter of fact, I think I may cancel before she will cancel. And it's a commitment. She realized it early on that the exercise has played a vital part in her well-being, her, her health, her bone density has increased. And so I, I use Cyborg in a way that to let you know that she doesn't use an excuse. Whenever I say I'm going to do this, this, and this, she never says the word can't because that's a four-letter word that I don't like any client to use with me. <laughs> you can use any other word except for that word can't. It can also be her crutch because she will show up. And sometimes I have to protect the justice from herself. So if she may have an injury, but I still want to work out. Okay, Justice, let's take it easy. Well, no, 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 I want to work out. So now I have to be creative in how I may take it easy on her workout without her realizing that I'm taking it easy. So at that time, you know, it's it's her moving, driving force, but at the same time, me as a trainer, I'm here to help the person help themselves, and I also sometimes have to protect them from themselves. Right, and it's so interesting to think about how somebody doing the work that you do, how sometimes you have a a dynamo like uh, Justice Ginsburg, uh, whom you probably have to, uh, more than anything, sort of restrain or make sure they don't push themselves too hard. And then you probably have other clients where maybe it's the opposite, and uh, you need to be cajoling them, encouraging them to, to do more than they realize they can. Uh, there's a lot of psychology involved in this work, isn't it? There's more psychology than people realize. And when I've talked to people who want to become personal trainers and people who are personal trainers and they may ask my opinion, I said the biggest thing you have to realize is lots of times you are that, that therapy for that person. You're that sounding board. Sometimes that person may talk about things that they don't feel they want to talk about with anybody else. You have to judge that person for what that person is at that particular moment. And so what I always say is I do a a AAA process with each client every time. So it's assess, adjust, and I adapt, which means when I greet them, I assess what's going on. Hey, Justice, how are you today? She may say, hey, I've only had an hour sleep. Okay, that's my assessment. Now from assessing that, I'm going to adjust my workout according to that assessment. Then as we're going through the workout, if she's – responding well or responding slow, I may have to adapt the workout according to how she's going. And that's what I do with every client. So it, it's not about me, the client, me, the trainer is what I tell people. It's not about you. Even though they may have come to you because you are the trainer, you got to quickly remember it's never about you. It's about them. If they didn't feel they got a good workout, then it reflects on you. Mm. If the workout was awesome, then guess what? That reflects on you also. If they get hurt, that's on you. So while they're with you, it is your responsibility to treat them 
like that property, that special gift that is that is to you because they are at some point they are relinquishing some power to you mm. and you now have control over that and they they trust you to take care of them and you you have to really take that literally and seriously and i do that with every client it can be draining because you are putting your energy and your focus into that client for that time period then once you're done you switch that off and then you go switch to the next one yeah what is interesting of course with uh, justice ginsburg's uh personal story is, as I already mentioned, your your, your uh, professional relationship with her as a trainer began uh, after uh, she was recovering from colorectal cancer surgery, but then 10 years later, uh, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and so suffered yet another very serious physical setback. Um, just talk for a moment about the kind of challenges that uh, you faced as her trainer in trying to figure out the very best way to work with her in the wake of, of something that, uh, that physically was, was so devastating. Uh, what does a trainer look for or think about in making the wisest choices for their client under those kind of difficult circumstances? With me, it started off with the communication. Me and the justice talked about it. Then me, I don't know everything, but I know somebody as know somebody that knows something about it. And so as a trainer, not being afraid to reach out to somebody says, Hey, I have a client with this ailment. This is what's going on with this client. This is what I'm thinking. Is there anything that you can suggest or something? Because I've done that. I've done that, but I've reached out to some of my clients, uh, reached out to some of my fellow personal trainers who have, may have more experience in certain areas than I have. Okay, so I know the basis that I want to do, but I may want to have a sounding board. And I, I actually thank one of my, my personal trainers in my, in my book. I thank her because she's like a sounding board for me because she may have dealt with clients that are more – Mm, that have, may have more challenges than some of the clients that I have had. And so I had some ideas on what I was thinking, and I just wanted to, you know, talk it over with somebody. I said, this is what I'm thinking, and this is what I, my philosophy in going about this. How do you think, or what do you think? And they may give me, yeah, also consider this. Yes, maybe no, consider that. And so as a personal trainer, just being able to reach out and have a network of people that you can go to to get advice from, because the end result is still it's about the client. Hmm. That's what it's about. Of course. A couple uh, nuts and bolts things uh, before we finish up. Uh, one of the things you have sometimes done with uh, Justice Ginsburg involves what you call funny counting. <laughs> Can you please explain to our listeners the kind of funny counting that is sometimes part of these workouts? It's my way of uh, pushing my client sometimes without my client knowing. So I've, she'll be doing something, and I see that the, she's doing pretty good, with and I want to push her some more. And then I'll be like, she may be at number eight, and I'll be like, okay, I need like four more. Or whenever they ask me, how many more do I have? Two. Now, it takes a while for my clients to realize that every time that you ask me, how many more you have to do? It's always going to be two more, always. And if she's tired or if my client is not doing this form correctly or their energy is just not there, you know what? I may just cut the number down, you know, just give me two more. All right, good. That's, that's it. So it's just assessing that workout while you're doing it. You know, you, in your mind, you have what you want to do. 
but it can't be so etched in stone that you can't move, adjust, and adapt your workout as you're going along with your client. And so that's how I do it. If she has more energy on one, I may have her do a little bit extra. Sometimes when she's in the plank position, I'll, I'll push her just to try to throw her stability off to see if she can hold it. You know, I may count funnier with, you know, my cadence may be 30, 29, 28, or I may go 30, 29, 28, 27, 26. You know, I can speed it up, slow it down just to push them on how they are, they're responding to the workout. So how has she done over the course of 18 years now, for the most part, that you have worked with her? I mean, what is she like today versus that very first occasion on which you you uh, you did a, uh, a a training workout with her. She is committed to the exercise, but a, a similar question someone had asked me, and I hadn't thought about it until you know now. And when they they asked me, they said, "Well, what is it that she can't do before, or if I've had to adjust early on now between these eighteen years?" And I I thought about it, and I actually was talking to the justice about that. I said, "Justice, do you realize that?" I train you harder now as you've gotten older than I did when we first started. And the funny thing was that Justice was thinking about it, and she didn't really give me that much of a reaction because she just wasn't in in that zone yet. And I said, well, let's, for example, Justice, remember I used to have you do crunches. I said, now I don't have you do crunches. Now I have you do planks. I have you do planks on the side, and I push on you, and I make it a little more harder for you. And she thought about it. She's like, huh. Then we used to do a move where I had her lay on her back, put her legs up, and I would, like, lay across her leg. It would be like a version of a leg press, except she would be leg pressing my weight. And I changed that to once her bone density increased. I changed that to doing one-legged squats. Or another version would be like a pistol squat, but I'm actually holding her. She's holding my hand, and she's squatting down with one leg and standing up. And that became more challenging to her. And I told her that we changed from doing that to this. And once I gave her those two examples, she thought about it. She's like, huh. Like, and, oh, that's good. I am stronger. So, <laughs> <laughs> But just not realizing we train is just like news hours on. There's very little conversation except for me saying two more, 30 seconds, this exercise, do this. Moving here. I'll touch her hand. She knows to take it off. I move this. You know, I mimic the exercise. She goes to it. So it's almost like we are almost on autopilot. And she doesn't move any of the weights. So I control the weights. So she doesn't know what weight I put in. I could put 40 on there today, and I could put 80 on there the next day. Has no idea. I put the weight on it, then I control the weight by holding the, the machine and going through it, and I can take some of the pressure on and take some and put some more pressure on. So that's how I do it with her. Wow. Uh, we, we want to remind everyone that uh, the book takes us through uh, just about all of the various exercises that you do with Justice Ginsburg, uh, and it's complete with illustrations in which uh, we are, in a sense, seeing her hard at work. And uh, there are also all kinds of points in the book in which you explain how people can do these exercises uh, even at home without any so-called exercise equipment available at all. In other words, there is no excuse whatsoever uh, for for not making use of some of this. Of course, one of the uh, realities of this kind of uh, exercise training is that 
uh, it's important that it is done with a trainer who is making uh, wise choices for you specifically and your own situation. So how do you advise somebody who buys your book to make the wisest use of it at home? I mean, is it safe and advisable for them to just do the things that are pictured here? Uh, how can people use this book uh, most effectively and safely? Well, as, as with anything, if you're about to embark on exercise, it's always good to check with your doctor and make sure that you don't have any ailments. If you know a personal trainer or if you have access to a gym, you know, you can take that book there. Some gyms, you know, they have a personal trainer that you can, you can get, like, free for, like, the first time or the second time. Well, you know, take the book there. The, the book is small. It's, you know, about five by seven. It's bright yellow. It covers a lot of the basic exercise and the basic muscles, muscle groups. The great thing about exercise is that there isn't really, there's so much of a change that I'm just covering certain basic things and everything is built on a foundation. Here are foundations of various exercises are in this book. You can take it, you can use machines at the gym, you can have the trainer go with you, go through it. Awesome. If you don't want to do it at a gym. You can also do it at home. All you need is a, a resistance tube. You can get those maybe five, ten dollars. I suggest getting maybe two or three small, um, light, medium, and heavy, and get a door anchor. And then you can mimic just about every exercise that you can use as, as a machine. But the biggest thing is that it's a functional book. These are functional exercises. So when I have her sit down and stand up, that's the one exercise I tell the justice. Justice, if you can't do this exercise, you're going to need a nurse 24-7. And sitting down and standing up is just like going to the bathroom, sitting down, and standing up. The moment you can't do that, you're going to need somebody to monitor you 24-7. You take it easy. Take it slow. There are options in this book. It's all about having options. If one doesn't work, then try something else. And we should mention that, uh, right, and it's not just the alternatives in terms of if you aren't at an exercise club or don't have the equipment, but also easier alternatives are often presented. Uh, for instance, different kinds of push-ups. Uh, if regular push-ups would be a, a little bit much for you, there are easier alternatives that uh, might make more sense. It really does give a, one a lot to think about. And, uh, and, of course, the most important thing is to get started do something. And uh, one way to begin is by taking this wonderful book in hand called The RBG Workout. And uh, it's published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt and the author, Bryant Johnson. Bryant Johnson, thank you so much for joining me today on The Morning Show. I really enjoyed talking with you and I really enjoyed uh, uh, looking at your book. It has been an inspiration to me and I hope it will be for many, many people. And best wishes to you and to just Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Greg, thank you so much, and thank you for your listeners. I appreciate it. Also, if you're looking to get the book or any other questions, you can go to the website, and that's easy. It's www.rbgworkout.com. Very good.